Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome back to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. On today's show, I have another I Ain't Afraid to No Ghost story. And if you have a ghost story to tell, please reach out to me at dramyrobbins at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at dramyrobbins and let me know what your ghost story is. I'd love to hear it and tell it on my show. Today, we have an interview with Melissa. Melissa is actually a friend of mine from college who reached out to me shortly after her father passed away from cancer of an unknown cause. Melissa was a huge skeptic only five or six weeks ago, and she's had experiences recently after opening herself up a little bit that have totally shifted and changed her perspective. My father um, kind of got sick out of nowhere. Um, he was perfectly healthy, 69-year-old, 68-year-old man, and out of nowhere was diagnosed with cancer. And um, the doctors were never able to figure out what it was. So that was what was always so um, what was extra difficult about it, because by the time they found it, it was very far gone and they didn't know what it was. So they were never really able to treat him well because they didn't know what they were treating, which is very apparently very uncommon in the world of cancer. You can usually, whether or not you can treat it, you can usually at least find the source and find where it originated from. And they were never able to find that for my father. Melissa's father showed some symptoms, but nothing alarming. He started to get pain in his hip when he started walking. And walking was very, um, walking became difficult for him. Not all the time, but walking, some back pain here and there. You know, nothing, nothing crazy, but he, he had suffered with pain for some time. But anyhow, he had this pain in his hip. At the same time, he had had his yearly checkup and had some funky blood tests. And within a month, he had full-blown cancer. He went from being totally healthy in, let's call it May 2016, to looking like a very, very sick man by June, July of that same year. And died February 2017. So it was a very short and intense illness. Melissa had never really given much thought to what happens to our loved ones when they pass away. She had never really needed to. The only people who I'd ever known who had died, um, and some more tragically than others, but were grandparents. Um, you know, looking back, my grandfather died when I was 65, when he was, sorry, when he was 65. And that I knew at the time he was young to die, but mm -hmm. I was also in high school. So to me, he was still an old man. And then I had another grandmother die just a few, my father's mother died um, just about five years ago. So, you know, and, and she had Alzheimer's and that was really sad. And, but she was also in her eighties and not well, and it made sense. So my father, the fact that he was just, you know, still relatively young 
and that it was so sudden was, um, it was really, and, and that it was such a bad illness, that it was mm-hmm. such a painful, um, it just stripped him of, of everything he was. So yeah, it was, it was just, it was terrible to watch. And it was so confusing because nobody was able to give us an answer. And we frankly stopped looking for one because we had all these, you know, top renowned doctors telling us sometimes people are cancer of unknown primary. and Sometimes that happens, but you know, with all the med, you know, without all the um, medical advances and technology that doesn't happen often anymore. While doctors couldn't give Melissa and her family answers to the cause of her father's cancer, she had some suspicion that there might be more to the story, although we'll never be completely sure. So I guess at the time when he got sick, I, I remember my mother in one of the appointments asking the doctors, you know, is this something that me, you know, she, she asked basically, is this something that her children and her grandchildren need to worry about in terms of it being you know, familial, hereditary, or a gene, should we get tested? And they kept saying, no, 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 it's not. And we, I remember I kept thinking, well, how do you know if you don't know what it is and you don't know what kind of cancer it is, how do you know that I shouldn't be worried about it? But I kind of let it go. Basically about three months after he died, um, my younger son who had just turned three, out of nowhere started having horrible stomach aches screaming in pain that his stomach was hurting. So we raced him to the pediatrician who encouraged me to go to a gastro. And this happened, it was the end of May. I would say by middle of June, beginning middle of June, turns out he has celiac disease. Diagnosed with celiac disease, um, didn't have any of the classic symptoms other than in those you know, week or two leading up to his endoscopy and the blood tests, um, having really bad stomach pain. Knowing now that it's very hereditary, we were kind of very curious where it came from. So I had my blood test done, I didn't have it. My husband had his blood test done, he didn't have it. Later in the summer, my five, my other son was turning five and he had no symptoms whatsoever, but he was turning five, so I decided to have his blood tested at his five-year checkup. And lo and behold, he had it. I guess my brother at the time was going for his annual physical, so he just said, you know, my two nephews were just diagnosed with celiac disease. We know it runs in the family. We don't know if it's, you know, the other side of their family or mine, so he got tested. And at 30, 38 years old, my brother, who had not a single symptom, was diagnosed. And so I had my genetics done and we realized that I have the gene and it clearly came from my side of the family. In looking back at my father and some of the random things that he had suffered from over the years, I just knew in my gut not to, no pun intended, but, fun, but I just knew that he had celiac and that it was undiagnosed. And I don't know how long he must've had it, but you know, you do the research and it's autoimmune and 
he certainly wasn't a healthy eater at any point in his life. And, and I just, in my heart of hearts, know that he must have had celiac, undiagnosed, untreated, and turned into some sort of abdominal cancer or something. And, you know, and looking back at various symptoms that he had had over the years, it does make sense. It will never make sense to me that it wasn't found. And of course, I'll never fully be able to prove that that's what it was. Melissa, who was not a spiritual person, started wondering if perhaps her father was helping her from the other side. When this was all happening and when, you know, my children were being diagnosed and my brother was diagnosed, I um, I started to really believe and not really believe, I should say, I started to say things to people like, I think my father is out there making sure we find this. You know, once I realized that this is probably what my father had, I really started to think like, oh, you know, I think my dad is out there. And it's just something I would say to people, oh, my dad is out there and he's making sure that I find it in my boys so that they remain safe and he knows that my brother would have never found it because he had no symptoms if my boys hadn't been diagnosed and I just started to like this was the story I started to tell you were not spiritual never I went went for those who wonder where Melissa came from we went we were college (laughs) sorority sisters um and have reconnected since your dad has passed around spirituality. Yes. And by the way, I don't remember you being a spiritual (laughs) person either, which is, which has helped me believe in this because I know you as being, um, I remember you as being somebody incredibly grounded, studious, you know, Forgive Maybe me not, for saying. Not as fun as you guys were. Maybe not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, a very, um, I don't know. This just wouldn't have been who I had pegged you for, I guess, is, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. I guess what had happened and the reason why I connected with you was, or reconnected with you, was really for no good reason other than. I heard you talk on a different podcast and when I heard it, something just, I can't describe it. Something just like really came over me and you were talking about just how you realized that I know you don't call it a gift, but that you had this gift and you know, how you realized that you were a medium and how you, you know, honed your craft, let's say, I remember starting it in my kitchen and not being able to finish it that day and finishing it the next day in my car at the bus stop waiting for my son. And I just said out loud, like, dad, go find Amy, (laughs) like talk to her, find her, like find her and like freaking harass her. (laughs) 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 And I don't really know what I was like hoping to get out of it. Um, I don't know. It was just nothing that ever had, I guess I never had a reason to believe in any of this before. I never had a real reason to think about it before. Um, I still don't know how to make sense 
of it. And I'm still not totally there because I'm not, you know, I've never been a religious person. Although my father wouldn't be happy with me saying that. I've just never connected with anything like that. So I don't, you know, I don't know, but I started to really like feel my dad in a different way. And all of a sudden, I guess the story that I was telling of, oh, my dad is, you know, kind of orchestrating this and making, figure out what's, what was wrong with my kids or, you know, how to protect them. It started to take on a different meaning. So when we had spoken, um, we talked about how you could just be open. And I think one of the things that I had said to you was just you, you don't need me, first of all, to communicate with him. He would rather communicate directly with you and just be open and don't just be open, like just be open right. and aware and conscious, I think is the most important thing is to just be conscious. Mm-hmm. So tell everybody what happened the other yeah. day that literally <laughs> I think I think now you've you've maybe come to the dark side or the light side. Yeah. You've come to the light <laughs> side. Right. So and I still have trouble because I really don't know on the one hand what happened, you you just can't deny the like how it blew my mind. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, I'll just tell you and then I'll ask the question, I guess. Okay. Um so I was reading, I was putting my boys to bed and, um, my husband's usually home for that. And truth be told, he usually puts them to bed and I take off for that, you know, moment (laughs) in time, but he was out and I had them both. I was sitting with both of them in bed and we chose a book and I read it. And then my younger son chose another book and, and wouldn't relent, like just made me read this book to him. And it, but I was reading it to them and on one page, so on one page, as I'm reading it to them, it's about, um, top secret formula for making robo sauce or something ridiculous like that. And a sentence stuck out to me because now that my children are gluten free and I've become gluten free. And this is like a whole world that I never thought I'd be in because I never cared about being gluten free before this sentence says 12 votes. This is the ingredient, 12 volts of gluten-free cucamonga flakes. This is how ridiculous this book is. Like nothing makes sense. And I read it and it shot out at me because I'm very in tune to seeing the phrase gluten-free. So I remember as I was reading it, I was like, oh, guys, look, it says gluten-free. And as I continued to read the sentence, I saw it said gluten-free cucamonga flakes. And now I will never know why, but cucamonga is a nickname that my that I think my father made up for himself being silly one day for my kids and more so for my it started with my nephew my brother's son and then my kids started calling him that and they would call him crazy cucamonga so here I am reading this and it says gluten-free cucamonga flakes And then I look down at the illustration on the book and there's a box of cucamonga flakes and it says gluten-free and it says Mike and Dave's cucamonga flake. Now, I don't know who Mike is, but Dave was my father's name. 
I just, I didn't know what to do with it. It was just too much. And now, you know, so I guess what I was referring to before with not still not knowing how to make sense of this is that like, you know, it's clearly a sign. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, how can you deny that? It's his name is on the box of gluten-free cucumanga flakes. Cucumanga is just, it's just not a word, you know, like it's just this like ridiculous made up thing, I think. But I don't, you know, my father didn't write the book. <laughs> he didn't buy me the book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, you know, that's but what I'm that, laughing In that moment, what did you feel? In that moment, I felt, I, I was shaking. I felt like, wow. I immediately took a picture of it. I mean, I took like six pictures of it. I almost couldn't believe it. And I was just, I think I sent it to you. I sent it to my husband. I sent it to my mother and my brother. Like I just, I was like, someone's got to see this. Like, I'm not, you know, like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, it was, you know, and you had just started talking about that day. You posted about your, I ain't afraid of no ghost stories. And Mm -hmm. earlier in that day, I had already texted you right? because, and you put this on your thing, but I was looking through your Insta stories and I was, you know, saw your Insta story about I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And then I scrolled to the next Insta story and it was John Mayer in my face wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt with the logo from Ghostbusters, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And I texted you being like, wow. And then it was later that night that I saw this. People who are wanting to connect. And what I kept saying to you was like, just, you know, don't rush it. Like, don't force it. Right. Don't try to make things that seem maybe possibly could be, but might not be work. Because when it, when it is, you'll just know, and it will feel undeniable to you. Right. And I think that that's what you experienced here. Yeah. And it's, it's given me a sense of, um, of comfort. I mean, there's a part of me that struggles with it because of my personality. I just, I'm like, I want more, give me more. (laughs) Like, you know, I just, it almost feels like an insatiable need to just connect. Like I want to be seeing these signs everywhere and I get that I can, and that's not what, you know, maybe life is about. Melissa's outlook on death has shifted. And even though she still misses her dad, she feels more positive and connected to him than she has since he passed away. It's it all of this and in speaking to you and in listening to your podcast, I feel like it's made me become, I don't want to say it's, it has given me peace with my father's death because that was just like, you know, forever will be really, really sad. And, you know, I feel sorry for all the things he's missing out on and my kids and everything. But instead of like, you know, I find myself thinking about him more now and less in, you know, I'll still always miss him, but I find myself thinking about him more in terms of just like a presence rather than missing him. I mean, the missing doesn't go away, but I do feel like I'm just more connected to him than I felt, you know, a month or two ago. I feel like I'm just, you know, my outlook on it is a little bit more positive, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like 
I just don't, I don't want to say I don't feel as sad because I do feel just as sad, but I also, um, I don't know. It's like, it feels like a, like a, like lighter. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels lighter Mm -hmm. a little bit. Well, and look at our loved ones don't stop helping us once they're gone. Like look at if, if we are to believe that your dad has been guiding you from the other side, look at the gift, the incredible gifts that he's given you, which is the knowledge to know that your boys have these, this disease and your brother. Right. And you can make the changes now, perhaps that he was not able to make because then people didn't know and things were different. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa's story is a perfect example of what I am striving for with life, death, and the space between. It is to open you up, to make you curious, and maybe even curiously skeptical, to think about our loved ones still being connected to us, even when they're gone. So let me know if you have a story like this to tell. I'd love to share it. And thanks for listening. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.